0: Everyone, this is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to a Double Date with Dateline. Blood Relatives. We're sticking with it. It's back. But we gotta save Chad the intern. There's still a few more good ones. We're okay. I think there's a lot more good ones.
1: But I asked you before we started this episode if you watched the right one. Today we're talking about season three, episode twelve, So Lonesome I Could Die. Yeah. Was there a real estate person in it? Yes.
0: Be- Why would you think that I didn't?
1: I'm asking you because I questioned myself multiple times during it because the title has absolutely nothing to do with the episode.
0: No, it doesn't.
1: There is no correlation between whatever song that is. So lonesome I could die. That's not how the song goes, but it's a song. Close. And is it a country song? Yeah. But it's got nothing to do with this.
0: want to say it was Elvis, but that's not right. So long.
1: Are you giving it a bing?
0: Hank Williams. There we go.
1: I like can hear a vague notes in my head, but I, I don't know the song. Don't come at me, Hank Williams fans. I can't know all the songs. That's sad.
0: But It's actually So Lonesome I Could Cry. And then this one is like, So Lonesome I Could Die because... No reason. It's blood relatives and people are dying. But that's it. But no one is lonesome.
1: Yeah, let's just get into it. Brenda's with us again. Brenda Strong.
0: Are you expecting she's not going to be there?
1: I have some beef with her this specific episode. I'm going to be kind, but I'm going to air my grievances a little bit, just a little bit.
0: You can air them, but I still would like her to come on this show. I'm not blaming Brenda.
1: I have questions for Brenda. I don't think Brenda's doing this on purpose. I just want, I need to know if the chicken comes first or the egg in the scenario I'm about to talk about. Does that make sense?
0: Is it the play on words that comes so fast and furiously that there's about 10 in a two minute span?
1: Took up two pages of my notes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. And then there's another one that's just like blows everything out of the water and I almost turned it off. <laughs> I literally had to take a break and go get a banana.
0: I love it. You need potassium. She's leeching you of your potassium.
1: Okay, here we go. We open on a self-made tycoon, his beautiful family, and two brothers sharing the glory. Off the bat, we know two things immediately. Everyone is in blue, so our color is going to be either teal or blue. And one of the brothers did it.
0: Why do you think right away?
1: Because there's three brothers. There's just, this is not the wife killing the husband.
0: But there's also a son, a handsome son.
1: I was pretty sure when they showed the three brothers that it was going to be one of the three brothers. I was like, this feels like three brothers, two of them sharing in glory probably mean they work together. And then we'll see if I was right. But that's what I thought right off the bat. Now we get our dramatic foreshadowing where we see like a gun firing, quick images that we're going to see throughout. But what's most important is that during this quick foreshadowing, we see two creatures so, as typical Blood Relatives fashion for those who, f- if you're for some reason joining us for Blood Relatives on Discovery+, Plus, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. By the way,
0: if I didn't announce it. You're gonna, just going to be really confused. I'm sorry. I don't even know what to say. There's always blood, and there's always a family. And symbols. And there's always a creature of the week, and there's way too much symbolism.
1: The two things that we pretty much get every week are a creature of the week and a color. Yeah. So our color is blue or teal. It'll be seen throughout. And our creature is going to be one of these two things. We see this sort of wide, flat beetle that I looked up. Did you find it?
0: No. To me, it looks like a roach. But...
1: It was a fancy roach.
0: Sometimes it looked different than others.
1: I'm also suspecting there might have been two because it moved quickly in certain scenes. But... We do get multiple shots of the beetle in this opening, like, foreshadowing where we're getting clips of things. We get three clips of it. So that's kind of a lot, which made me think it was the beetle. But then we also get someone holding up a butterfly and examining it. So I was like, okay, so it's either a beetle or a butterfly. Interesting.
0: Why... Is it not a caterpillar?
1: So the case that I almost picked is a caterpillar slash butterfly case. Okay, which we will be doing in a couple of weeks. Okay, but that one is a cata- caterpillar butterfly, which makes a lot of sense. You either see a caterpillar or you see a butterfly.
0: But we also get a lot, of, a lot of other random dead animals in this episode. Oh, do we?
1: Oh, do we ever?
0: Just like out of nowhere, for no purpose. No, I think they're ones from other episodes
1: we do but in this shot i'm going in time yeah yeah i'm going in time we're only getting right now beetle and butterfly yeah so we also get a woman saying someone ran through my son's school with blood on him screaming here's where we are we are in munster indiana where big houses big yards and big bank accounts delicious the pillars of the munster society are the levines
0: i think they're my people you think they are Levine. Or
1: you know they are. Levine.
0: 90%. Yeah.
1: You might want to tell our new listeners what your people mean.
0: Now they'll figure it.
1: Okay. So we get a really quick close-up of a butterfly wind chime, which is leading me towards butterfly and away from beetle. Regardless, our color is 100% confirmed at this point to be shades of blue, mostly teal. I'm leaning towards that it was teal, but we still get a lot of royal blue.
0: Yeah. I mostly saw teal.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping it's teal. And then we meet our family of three, the Levines. First up, we have Father Donald Levine, who is currently in our reenactment, wandering around his yard and his pool area with a big butterfly net. And he is in a turquoise button-down shirt and slacks. He's dressed really, really nice. For a pool party.
0: (laughs) For butterfly hunting.
1: Yeah, really nice. Like a tucked in button down. He's a real estate mogul. He's worth $25 million plus, and he is very pleased with himself as he captures a butterfly in his net.
0: I don't like this.
1: Yeah. Brenda tells us, living in the burbs hasn't bottled Donald's ambition. So here's where we get the ball rolling. Yeah. And we see Donald holding up a blue-tinted mason jar that I didn't even know they made those with a butterfly inside. Get it? Bottled up ambition?
0: Yeah, I got it.
1: At this point, I become extremely nervous that he is about to taxidermy this butterfly live on camera in front of us. Yeah. And that is exactly what is about to happen. So if you're (laughs) sensitive about stuff like this, I'm about to talk about it. So, yeah
0: to kill a butterfly for no reason. What do they do to you? It's shocking. you're so fascinated by the wings, like you're just going to watch this creature squirm. Listen, if this is why I
1: need to know if this is a script is written and we are doing action to go with the script or they're just coming up with action and these like clever word plays that were about to happen is added around it. I really don't know. I, I don't know what's happening here, but here we go. I'm not going to tell you exactly what he does right now. If you really want to know how to kill a butterfly, you can look it up. Suffice to say, he asphyxiates the butterfly on camera.
0: Now, was he really because these shows, well, maybe ID shows are different because normally you have to have some sort of like wrangler, you know, even for insects, I think.
1: Not for a butter. I don't think for a butterfly. You don't think so? No.
0: So then there's nobody that has to watch and make sure you're not torturing insects on camera.
1: I'm sorry. They did not show, it was not a continuous shot where they show the poison and then they show the butter. That was not a continuous shot. They are quick shots. Right. So my guess is that no one, no butterflies died, but they do not let us know that. (laughs) While he asphyxiates this butterfly or we're meant to believe he does, she Brenda says he made a killing. Referring to his real estate business uh, during the Butterfly's on-screen death. So now I am basically praying that she is not about to use the phrase pins and needles because the next part to come after this, I know, is that, yes. And that's exactly what she does because he's getting ready. He's taking the now deceased Butterfly out of the jar But one thing I did notice is the butterfly that he has that's in his book about to spread the wings is a different butterfly than was in the jar because the butterfly that was in the jar is smaller and it does not have those heavy monarch wings.
0: I think a butterfly handler came with a bunch of different options.
1: Yeah, and I think they probably had some dead ones.
0: And they maybe had some dead ones and they maybe had twins like Mary-Kate and Ashley for when one got tired.
1: Maybe it could be that. So if you think this is the end of the wordplay, boy, are you ever wrong? Because I thought this was the end. I was like, surely there's no more after this. Because literally the next sentence is that Donald loves to see the competition vanquished at his feet. What I think is about to happen is that I'm going to see a million dead butterflies at Donald's feet. Instead, it's a dead bird. For no reason. Unaddressed. The camera pans down and we see a curled up dead bird also we should say that wherever he's doing this butterfly sort of taxidermy process he's in like a tunneled what appears to be a giant butterfly net it's <laughs> like a like where you have the arches going over but they're in it's like a tunnel yeah and then it's netted all the way
0: it's like a it's like a human butterfly net i don't know how else
1: to describe it um
0: so maybe there's symbolism there he feels trapped by his family. No, by his real estate. Oh, no, she says trapped. Business. Yeah. So he is the one in the net. There we go. And is arching, reaching out to others because the cycle of abuse continues on unless it's addressed.
1: Also net profits.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: Nailed it. Okay. So it's... We do see a dead bird. It's shocking. I don't know what's going on in this episode. We'll just keep moving.
0: It had to have been from another episode they were shooting like next door because-
1: I don't know what's going on.
0: From another blood relatives because I don't get why it's there.
1: Oh, I don't, there's several things that happen in this that I feel like is just for the script so that they can say vanquish competition right. at his feet <laughs> and then pan down and it, there's a bird out of nowhere. And then we also, right now, we see. Donald's sort of last thing that he does is he takes out a camera and takes a Polaroid of his newly deceased butterfly.
0: Yeah. Like a serial killer.
1: Like a trophy.
0: Of all of his victims.
1: So there we are. Now we move on. We get the point that Donald's a big high flyer in the real estate world, and this is his hobby. Okay. Now let's meet Marsha. Marsha is his wife, and we... (laughs) are told that she gives Donald the dead butterflies in his stomach whenever he sees her, still to this day.
0: And she's a perfect specimen.
1: Yeah, we are told that as well. So this is a lot of play on words. Marsha and Donald met in college, but she pursues her own passions and gives back to the community. She's not a wilting violet. We do not see violets, but we're told that she's a wilting violet. And she is wearing a Belted fitted, I don't know why I wrote down everyone's outfits. She's wearing a belted fitted dress to the knee in teal and black. Oh, that's why. Because she puts on this white shirt over this very clearly expensive mm-hmm. Chico's outfit, like full price at the mall, and just picks up a paintbrush and proceeds to counterfeit a very famous painting of the birth of Venus. By Botticelli. Yeah. Just out in the open, just completely counterfeiting.
0: I thought maybe she, like, maybe printed out a copy of it and then was doing sort of a paint by numbers version. Why was she doing that?
1: That's her hobby. She paints counterfeits. I like it. I find it fascinating and I have questions for Marsha. But I did think it was an interesting choice. Instead of just buying someone's original artwork on Etsy and crediting them, they used literally one of the most famous paintings if you don't if you aren't familiar with that painting, it's the one where Venus is coming out of the clamshell yeah, it's like a very well-known yeah. so it was an interesting thought also
0: also why is she painting in her nice clothes with that one shirt over it by the pool outside This is what I said. she's definitely
1: got talent. she's not in proper attire. she's not in proper location
0: maybe when your husband's worth twenty five million dollars, you wear. Your fancy.
1: You wear your Chicos?
0: I don't. Is Chicos where someone whose husband is worth $25 million shops?
1: You wear your Dolce and Gabbana?
0: There. That's more what I was thinking. There we go. Yeah. With a smock over it.
1: It wasn't a smock, though. It was like a kind of a small white shirt. It wasn't. I would be in a full like Mumu.
0: It was very fitted, it didn't go past her waist. Yeah.
1: Mumu. Painting Mumu. So Marsha is not a wallflower, we're told, or a pushover. And all of a sudden, our little flat beetle friend runs across her paint palette. It's going to get paint everywhere. So apparently the beetle's still in the picture.
0: That beetle is no shrinking violet. That beetle wants to steal every scene in this episode.
1: Well, now I'm I'm a little worried. I'm thinking that because the butterfly is dead, that the beetle is now our creature and we're not going to see a butterfly again. But boy, am I wrong. Yeah. So let's just press on. And that guy needs to stay away from my house. I don't like beetles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like your thing of spiders, I really am not a fan. So, okay. Last in our immediate family is 24-year-old Mark in blue swim shorts and really cut, shredded. I wrote shredded. Is a shredded being shredded a thing?
0: It's been a few weeks since we've had a topless young man
1: i think that actor is 30 but okay he is really his muscles in the chest area are pronounced yes okay
0: you're very uncomfortable saying that
1: i noticed it i was like oh they're showing him in a swimsuit for a reason okay
0: But it's Blood Relatives. Remember, they always show the young men.
1: They do, but we haven't seen it in a minute. We haven't watched any sexy episodes. I watched one and immediately said, you're going to be doing this one and passed it your way because I was not interested. I can't wait. So he's the golden boy and he gives his painting mom a purple thistle and we think, oh, that's very sweet. He loves his mom. I don't know where he got the flower. He got out of the pool, literally got a flower, walked over (laughs) to his mom, who's counterfeit painting pictures
0: So presumably he picked it from her own garden and handed it right to her in front of her.
1: And she seems to think this is lovely.
0: Or it was floating in the pool.
1: This is the sweetest thing ever. And like, but as he hands it to her, and as happens in Blood Relatives, we get that and the tone changes and we get sepia tone. And all of a sudden, her hand has blood running down it. And at this point, Brenda says something about thorns. I didn't write it down.
0: He is not the type to be a thorn in his parents' side. We also find out that his life couldn't be going any more swimmingly as he was swimming in the pool.
1: I won't. I shan't. <laughs> I shan't. It's too many. I have to put a cap on it. Anyways, we find out that he's a very ambitious, hardworking young man who recently graduated from Yale Law School. Yale. He's no joke.
0: Yale. Yale.
1: Yale, that's serious business.
0: And he's good looking and fit.
1: Yeah, he's a catch.
0: And rich. And he's Jewish. Oh, your mother should be so proud. And Jewish and a lawyer. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, he's the one. He's
0: the perfect package.
1: Oh, my goodness. Don't let Joni watch this episode. He's not real, Joni. He is real. He's not real. That's an actor.
0: Well, that's an actor. Yeah.
1: Okay, now let's meet the brothers. Donald's two brothers who are mentioned at the very beginning, the brothers who share in everything, they both work for Donald's real estate firm. And all of a sudden we see cactuses and I'm like, I thought we were in Indiana. We're not in Indiana anymore. Now we're in Arizona because we're told that the real estate business recently expanded to Arizona and middle brother Robert handles the Phoenix branch. He's like cleaning mud off of one of their for sale signs. And the company logo appears to be the three heads of the brothers
0: headshots. Just three white dudes. That's exactly
1: what I thought. So he's cleaning off the mud off the thing. We find out that Robert wants to be just as successful as his big brother Donald is in the Chicago area. And as he's cleaning the mud off the signs, all of a sudden we get that and the camera changes again and we get the sepia tone and the real estate is shut sign shows all three men, but now they all have bullets through their foreheads. Anyways, so we're told at this point that Robert has kind of a swarthy charm, which I love. He was just a really nice guy to meet. And he seems that way. This actor is portraying him like that. But now we have, in the history of blood relatives, the most awkward wordplay of all time. An awkward thing, like action of all time. Robert is taking a picture of this house that's for sale. And he's kind of like in the yard. I think he's facing the house. We don't know. Yeah. But Brenda says, and though Robert may pine for an even bigger role in the family business, he's always careful not to hog the spotlight. And while she says this, he's sort of stepping back into the brush of the yard and something like catches his attention. And as she's saying, he's always (laughs) careful not to hog the spotlight. He leans over, pulls the tall grass back to reveal an incredibly realistic pig statue that's like hiding in the weeds.
0: Was it a statue? I thought it was actually
1: supposed to be a dead pig. I think it's a painted pig. No, it's meant to look. It's meant to look. I think it's like a realistic pig pig statue
0: it would all depend on his reaction to it right so if it's like an actual statue if it's a dead pig <laughs> then it would have had flies
1: or something it would have looked more like the bird this just looked like a weird
0: okay it looks like a
1: rubber weird like a pig mask on a statue but it's like
0: on- in the weeds <laughs> this is so weird and it's dead like its eyes are closed yeah in the weeds And it's in the tall grass because everything is in the tall grass. Thank you, Stephen King. Everything bad is in the tall grass. Okay.
1: Is this literally so she can just say, hog the spotlight? I need to know the simplest answer. Why does he step back into the brush and find a pig statue hiding in the weeds?
0: The simplest answer doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but it would be they scouted this house for the show And the show already happened to have a pig, dead pig statue in the grass. And they just tried to work it in because they thought it was creepy. That's the simplest, because that means it wasn't intentional. But I feel like that's not, no one would have that in their house. So this has to be intentional by the show, which means it is to mess with our heads.
1: They don't know that we're ever going to do this. I need everyone out there to go and watch. I'll get the time code. We need to know why this is there.
0: I don't think seeing it is going to help people, but I can post a screen grab. of.
1: I'm sort of feeling like people aren't going to believe us and they need to see it for themselves.
0: Okay, then I'm going to post a screen grab. I feel like they might, if they don't watch the show, think that we are on some sort of LSD trip, a joint LSD trip where we're having the same hallucinations together because we're so intertwined.
1: Why is that pig?
0: Okay. Why is that pig there?
1: We can't. We All right. We're moving on. We've got some more creepy stuff coming. But in the history of Blood Relatives, that and the doll are now like at the...
0: Yeah, at the top.
1: That's the top. Okay, so now we meet our youngest and last brother, Billy, Billy Levine. So he's not, okay, sorry. Brenda says right here, and while he isn't a real estate shark, okay, I am so scared at this point that he is going to be tripping over a A shark shark statue. I was like, don't do it. Don't do it, Brenda. Don't you put a shark in the forest because he's clearly in the woods. We're lucky, she says. And while he isn't a real estate shark, that doesn't mean he lacks a killer instinct. And of course, there's no shark because that doesn't make sense. Just like the pig didn't make sense. He's looking through a scope on a big black gun that I don't know what the gun is. It doesn't look like a rifle. It looks like a fancy gun. But I don't know anything about guns. So just know he's looking through his scope on a gun. And while I'm a little nervous that he's about to shoot another animal, because we've already seen dead animals, mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking maybe he's just shooting at a can.
0: Yeah, no.
1: Because he's not going to be shooting at a shark.
0: Because this episode was set out to torture me. So he is going to kill another dead animal.
1: Do you think her referencing a shark means we know we jumped the shark with the pig? <laughs> Do you think that's
0: it? It's possible. I don't know if they're that self-aware. I would like to think they are and everything's tongue in cheek. Maybe it's like he, as the hunter, is the apex predator, much like the shark. My dad has been watching a lot of Shark Week, so I've seen a lot of sharks lately.
1: Oh, there we go. Okay, that could be it. Um, So we're not told anything about Billy's job at the real estate firm. We're literally not told a thing the entire episode. We're told he works there in some capacity, gets a paycheck, that's about it. All of a sudden, Billy shoots this big gun, and freaking Brenda says, But the rest of the family sees little harm in Billy bagging bunny rabbits instead of big sales. And in my head, in the words of Michael Scott, as she's saying the word (laughs) bunny
0: rabbit, No! 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 No!
1: Yes. Yes, ma'am. Is
0: it Charlemagne from last week?
1: They show us a bunny who has been killed, and we have confirmed this is not Charlemagne from our previous double date. Thank God. This is a brown-haired bunny. Okay. Still with floppy ears. Still a sweet bunny, but not a bunny we know by name. A nameless bunny in the woods.
0: It's. It makes it... The tiniest bit easier, but really not at all. Not for me.
1: I don't feel like we needed, again, we are shown.
0: No, it's not necessary.
1: A deceased bunny with blood. And I feel like we could have not. Like the bird.
0: And he's swinging it around for his dog to jump at. It was so traumatic.
1: I left that whole part out. I did not like it. I didn't I was trying to pretend like that wasn't the bunny. I was like, that's his lunch. He's got like a sack.
0: Why are all of these episodes a nightmare for me as a vegetarian?
1: I don't I'm not saying I picked this on um, I picked this because of the pig. <laughs> I couldn't take it. Really. It that we've now had like five dead animals in the space of like six minutes.
0: I <laughs> know I don't know why they're putting them all in this one episode. Was this an, a season finale? no
1: who directed is this like a one-time director that never directed again and that's why the pig is there we got to find the we got to get out the imdb thing going
0: is this quentin tarantino
1: it's really it's a violent thing okay and we haven't even gotten to the murder yet okay it's a lot (sighs) so now we're at our next scene finally we're at like away from like introductions to the family we know everybody now we got it now we're at a sit down dinner scene filled with the whole brood. They're like cheersing to the son Mark and his Yale graduation, which is coming. They have these little tiny cordial glasses filled with a blue liquid. Yeah. Do you see it? It was very bright teal. My thought was that it was supposed to be Curacao. The liquor is blue. But what I really wanted it to be was the Great Dini, And it really made me watch. Have you ever had the Great Dini Kool-Aid? No. It's the best flavor Kool-Aid. Is the great blue Dini. I used to love it when I was a kid and I haven't had it in a really long time. Do
0: they still sell it?
1: I looked it up. I can get it. But anyway, speaking of drinks with dinner, Kimberly, have you cooked up anything delicious lately?
0: Oh my gosh, have I ever? Because I'm still doing Hello Fresh. Yes! And my Hot Girl Summer is now a HelloFresh Girl Summer. Oh. And the recipes are so easy and quick and they're Make it easy for even someone like me to do. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips. So you can enjoy cooking and get a dinner on the table with all of your family. That's probably going to result in a really awkward fight because this is blood relatives. But maybe yours won't. Maybe yours will be peaceful. But you can get a dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. Wow. And that means you can have more time doing your hot girl summer things like flipping your hair. Boys at the mall
1: pool lounging and counterfeit painting
0: (laughs) painting Venus
1: while lounging by the pool
0: yeah summer is also perfect for grilling just make sure your backyard is clear of roaches and the poor butterflies HelloFresh has grilling bundles surf and turf packs I was thinking if you were dating someone how fun would that be for like a second date and then you grill outside I think that would be a great idea.
1: I'm a grill master.
0: I peeked at some of the meat stuff because I think my family would love it because they love to grill. And they have bourbon steak. They have a juicy Lucy burger, which is my brother's like all-time favorite thing that I've ever seen him have. And they always have amazing vegetarian stuff that even the meat eaters in your life will love. I made the sweet chili tofu rice bowl, which was restaurant quality. It was so good. And then I was peeking ahead to next week's recipes and they have a meatless shepherd's pie with like yes, cheddar mashed potatoes on top and it just sounds
1: That's the best shepherd's pie.
0: I can already taste it. It sounds incredible. Also, Hello Fresh is super flexible. So you can go on the app and change your delivery day, food preferences, plan, skip a week if you're going out of town. It's amazing, you guys. And I love when Listeners tell us what they just made and how much they love HelloFresh, too. So send me pictures. I want to see what your food is. Yeah. Go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline 14 and use code Dateline 14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. I can't even go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline 14 and use code Dateline 14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping
1: amazing
0: 14
1: hashtag hello fresh girl and boy summer
0: yeah it's smooth it's smooth so
1: good i love hello fresh
0: thank you hello fresh america's number one meal kit
1: for a reason
0: yeah duh
1: seriously the best
0: did you hear about the shepherd's pie
1: this family did not have shepherd's pie i couldn't tell what they were eating the levines i'm not sure all i saw was the blue dini drink i didn't see anything else
0: They all looked really stressed and like tensions are about to boil over, which makes me think that dinner took longer than 30 minutes to get ready. Like they weren't using HelloFresh.
1: Also really dark lighting. You can't really see what you're eating, which makes me think it probably had a lot of oil because people try to cover up meals with a lot of oil, I've noticed, with dark lighting. Like they won't notice that this is swimming in vinaigrette. I'll notice. I'll know. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So... The party continues, whatever, the family dinner continues. Mark gets a really nice briefcase as a gift from his uncles Robert and Billy. But we find out the daddy Donald, who's like just scowling at the end of the table, is kind of ticked off. Uncle Robert's sales have been pretty bad in the Arizona office. And he thinks that he may need to step in and micromanage that part of the business. So the fight starts to get a little bit heated around the table. That we do hear. I think the guy. I think the actors are not mic'd. Is what's happening, or there's like a faraway boom? I was trying to figure out because
0: you kind of hear them. You do, which is you're, so interesting that you're pointing it out because you know usually it's Brenda Strong talking over and the guy, The actors are like mouthing, lip syncing, but we can't tell what they're saying. They're just having to pantomime. But you're right, we did hear because I heard w- the dad go, the Donald. I don't understand the territory. I built the territory.
1: I think that these guys were just kind of good at improving.
0: I think they were just improving
1: particularly Robert because we hear Robert multiple times so I think that they just put the volume up a little bit that's
0: surprising because they were doing such a good job
1: they were doing such a good job this is a good acting episode last week we had we had real tears the women with the real tears and this week we have the gentleman with the real improv skills I like it so Marcia decides enough is enough and decides to put an end to it. And I can't see exactly what she does here. I hope you saw it. I rewound like three times. It seems like she slams a knife down in the middle of the table. She
0: literally picks up this giant knife. Giant knife. Which will be later used to cut the cake. And she slams it down into the middle of the table. She doesn't like put it down like sharp side into the wood of the table, which I thought she was going to do. She just, for no reason, slams it down to create a loud noise. Why she picked the sharpest item on the table that could have ricocheted and hit someone's jugular, I don't know why.
1: And she shouts, stop. And we hear her shout, stop, when she's slamming. It's really strange. It's confusing. But it also has to work, because Brenda immediately does some wordplay involving knives. Knives out, knives at the ready whatever it was confusing but it works so she then says something to mark like cut the cake to her son he goes and starts cutting his graduation cake oh
0: my god
1: it's a cake with his picture on it where he's smiling normally and then suddenly she says basically donald doesn't care about ruining the family dinner he just wants someone's head on a platter And as Mark is cutting the cake, all of a sudden, the picture from his normally smiling graduation picture changes.
0: So it was normal before. I didn't see that it was normal before.
1: Yes, it was normal. They show it normal. They show it normal. And then the picture changes. And it's him, like, looking up and him cutting his own. With his eyes
0: closed. Yeah, yeah,
1: like he's cutting his own throat. So it's basically yeah. exposing his neck to look like he's cutting his own throat through the cake.
0: And of course, the inside of the cake is red. Yeah. So it's bloody. It's, uh, it's subtle, you guys. It's super subtle. You might not have caught it.
1: It is. If nothing else, Blood Relatives is just prime subtlety.
0: That means the props people had to have two different photo cakes.
1: He also didn't seem to be cutting very deep into the cake. So I'm wondering if it was just a layer on top.
0: That's interesting.
1: I don't know if it was an actual cake. It could have been a cheat. I don't We still don't know what the budget is. Yeah. So everyone leaves the dinner and we get a mildly awkward scene where we're told that Marsha has been feeling neglected. Donald apparently works too much and is too focused on the business the business doesn't seem they're not telling us the business is failing but there are issues in the business that they're non-specific about
0: yeah very vague
1: let's put it that way marsha confronts him and we do hear a little bit of their back and forth pattern but she's very aggressive she like, kind of pulls his tie and stuff and you're thinking she has a knife in her hand it's not pleasant she um I don't know. She's upset with him because he works too much and is not paying her enough attention is the feeling we're supposed to get.
0: He made $25 million, Marsha.
1: But Marsha's no shrinking violet. I mean, I don't know.
0: So that you can afford your horrible counterfeit art ring that you are peddling around town
1: it's not horrible it's not that bad of, an, of
0: it actually is okay it's did you see the Mona Lisa it's unethical Katie okay it is unethical
1: but they have more things to worry about because they have roaches because yeah. the beetle <laughs> at this point crosses the cake and it's at this point also that I realized that no one ate the cake so I have questions
0: i mean it was pretty awkward
1: literally no one had a piece of cake
0: i would have left i would have lost my appetite too and that's saying something
1: i would have taken it to go give me the corner to go anyways mark could have taken some up to his bedroom <laughs> give
0: me the corner to go
1: i will take both corners if no one's gonna take them <laughs> anyways we come back from commercial and we have another scene between donald and Marsha where it's even more awkward now they're in the office and Marsha comes into his office in a teal dress and blue jewelry, different teal dress. She gives the office assistant a look like you better not be messing with my man. There's a very awkward exchange between Donald and this office assistant who drops some files and like bends down to pick them up. I don't know what we're supposed to think at this moment.
0: Is she the office assistant that later talks to the police?
1: She is. We only get one. We get her.
0: So it's a setup. It's like just, I guess, a setup.
1: Kind of, maybe. So
0: we'd see that she actually works there.
1: Yeah. But we're also supposed to see that Marsha's like kind of not pleased that this woman is in Jealous. Donald's office. She's like giving him a look for sure. She walks into his office. There's no words spoken between them, not mouthed, not anything. She picks up the mason jar on the desk, which has a what appears to be an alive butterfly in it. Mm hmm. Looks at it sets it back down on the desk looks at him and leaves
0: she drove all, all the way, the way down to the office she had to pay for parking maybe they validated her but just so she could give him a nasty look i guess
1: was she threatening the butterfly i don't know what this scene was supposed we get it there's problems in the marriage we understand that we are supposed to feel like the marriage is deteriorating we're on it so now He is feeling trapped, Brenda tells us, between work and home pressures. And at this point, he takes out this beautiful album filled with the Polaroid pictures of his dead or dying butterflies. Victims. So this is when we're told that he feels trapped. Oh. Is it because they're in the jars? Is this all come back to the jars?
0: He's the one who trapped them in the jars. That's, it's too deep. It's the cycle of abuse.
1: There you go. That's it. So meanwhile, youngest brother Billy, who doesn't really have a job that we know what it is, is just hanging out in the lobby of the office smoking cigarettes inside. I don't know what year this is supposed to be.
0: What? That's the second twice in this episode we see someone smoking inside.
1: Yes, they do. Yes, they do. It's very shocking.
0: It was bizarre to see.
1: I don't get it.
0: What year was this
1: supposed to be? Question mark. I missed it.
0: Seems to be present, but...
1: We don't know. So he's hanging out in the lobby, smoking cigarettes with the company handyman, Bruce. Robert comes in for a visit while they're smoking a cigarette, and Donald is in his office, like, stewing. He sees Robert come in, and he's just... He's so grumpy-looking, you know something's wrong. And so Donald has decided it's time to confront his middle brother. About what, you say? Well... He's going over some accounting sheets in his office. And by sheets, I mean sheets. He puts the butterflies in a beautiful book of the pictures. The accounting, it's not in a book. It's just sheets of paper. That's fine. So he sees that there is negative $300,000 in the company accounts. And he knows where that money's gone. So he goes out into the lobby and confronts Brother Robert. And Robert, and this is when we hear Robert speak again. And he's like... You want to know where the 300000 yeah. is? You want to know where the 300000 is? It's on your credit card.
0: Yeah, that was good.
1: It was good. So apparently Donald had gotten all a bee in his butterfly in his bonnet about <laughs> having this missing 300000 from the account. But the 300000 actually was a payment to his personal company credit card. Donald's own credit card for the company that he spends money on. So you look dumb, Donald. You look dumb.
0: And he doesn't apologize.
1: That's the worst. He has to be so right. So he just doesn't apologize and is like, well, you're still stupid. It's basically yeah, it's that basically response. Like, yeah. yeah. You still have an ugly face, Robert. Like, it's dumb. But he's a bigwig. So he like trots back into his office. But Robert's really embarrassed that he was accused of stealing a lot of money in the lobby of their building and so he's really not happy with his brother right now okay now we finally have a little more information about billy the youngest brother who apparently kind of has a job but not really billy has kindled an office romance with the company handyman bruce who he was smoking cigarettes with in the lobby is he a
0: handyman or a janitor
1: They said handyman. They said handyman multiple times. He's wearing a janitor outfit, but you just need to ignore that. It's fun.
0: That's why I got confused. Okay.
1: So Bruce and Billy are meeting on the street for what appears to be a date. It's hard to tell because they shake hands when they meet on the street. (laughs) I did not like it.
0: That's how gay men greet each other.
1: Absolutely not.
0: On a date, they shake hands.
1: And then Bruce gives him a really nicely wrapped gift, which is a red polo shirt.
0: Yeah, that was weird. Why was it not teal?
1: Over the moon about it.
0: He's thrilled.
1: Billy's reaction is like, I've always wanted this. I've always had to wear blue and now I can wear red.
0: But he's like the casual one that goes out hunting. But now he why does he want this fancy shirt? Why, where'd Bruce get the money to be buying people polo
1: shirts? Why is it red and not teal? Because Billy always has to wear blue, Billy blue. And so, awkward exchange, Billy seems super jazzed about his new red polo shirt and they hug. That's a little better, but much better than the handshake and the nice to meet you, <laughs> Mr. Levine. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, of course, Donald is not happy about this relationship either because some of his investors may not like it. And what I appreciate at this moment is they do not make it seem like Donald was concerned that it was a problem that he was dating another man. They do heavily insinuate that they would not like it that Billy was dating the handyman. Yes, basically. The janitor.
0: I could see. I was trying to picture it. Like, let's say it was a woman, like the maid or something. They would have hated that, too.
1: Right. Now we are at the day of the big event. It's November 9th. Mark is packing up his car outside to leave for his graduation to be sworn in as a lawyer. Mom and dad, for some reason, are not going with him to this giant event in his life where he graduates from Yale Law School. But that's
0: What else is she doing? She's she has to do more painting.
1: Well, we know what she's doing right now because she comes out to him in her painter's shirt and another <laughs> blue dress.
0: She's doing Starry Night. She
1: that's oh, it's Venus the whole time, Kimberly. She does Venus over and over again.
0: It's always Venus. Okay, she's still until the paint is like seven inches thick because she just keeps going over
1: it. No, she's the. What are you missing? There are multiple prints. She does it over and over and over again.
0: I just can't comprehend that this woman has a counterfeit art ring in in Indiana.
1: <laughs> We've seen weirder things. Just me laugh. <laughs> She's got talent. America's got talent. And it begins there. It's really impressive. So unfortunately, she hugs him goodbye again with her painter's shirt on yeah. and a paintbrush in her hand. I don't... Mom!
0: And the biggest butterfly necklace I've ever seen.
1: A big, giant Swarovski butterfly necklace that comes into play later that I did not see until later, and then I went back and saw this part again, I was like, oh, it's on her body. Which would hurt to hug. It was that big. That it would be like,
0: ah. I feel like it would hurt your neck just to carry it around.
1: Yeah, like hurt your clavicle. But he doesn't drive away yet, because... All of a sudden, we're like moving in time. And we find out that at 9 a.m., the neighborhood gets a wake-up call. Mark comes running out of the house, almost knocks the beetle. Did you forget about the beetle? Beetle's still here. Oh, right. Knocks the beetle off a branch with blood all over him. And instead of at this point running to neighbors, he runs across the street to the school that we have referenced at the beginning of the episode When we get our infamous line, someone ran through my son's school screaming, that's Mark. Covered in blood. Covered in blood. He picks up a payphone and starts dialing for help. Stop. (laughs) No one would help him when he ran into the school covered in blood. Why didn't he go to a neighbor's house?
0: Why didn't he go to the front office or the principal's office and use their phone? Why didn't he go to a neighbor's house? Yeah. Instead of terrifying a bunch of children because he's covered in blood. It's very it wouldn't have been my decision, my choice.
1: He's also packing his car really early in the morning then. If this all happens at 9 a.m. Yeah. I wonder if his swearing in is like, no, it must be like the next day. It must be like the next day. Because he's driving. Okay. Anyways, I just it's a very strange sequence of events, but we very quickly
0: I'm covered in blood and just saw a murder. I'm gonna go surround myself by some children. Good idea. I don't think he thought about it.
1: I don't know how great Mark's state of mind was after this.
0: I'm sure not good. We'll
1: we'll find out sort of what happened to him right now, but I'm assuming he lost a lot of blood.
0: But it looks like there are houses. Adjacent Caddy Corner.
1: But you don't know kind of what you do. Maybe he knew people were gonna be home at the school. Right. He didn't know if it's nine AM. Yeah. People would probably not be, if they work, at the houses. Right. So he runs, but...
0: Although if you are being chased by a murderer, again... School. Maybe lead them away from groups of children. For future planning, I'm marking it in my head. For next time. So I'll know better.
1: I cannot guarantee that I won't run into a school. <laughs> I feel like I would be safe. They have lockdown procedures in schools. Do you have a lockdown procedure in your house? No. Great. So there's that proves my point. Anyways... <laughs> Mark had run into the school, and the principal does actually spot this grown man covered in blood running through the halls, and he calls 911. Mark tells 911 that someone came into his house and shot his whole family. So here we have the crime. The police arrive to the house. A beetle is crawling on a bloody package. A bullet hole has... Shattered some framed butterflies. We're getting quick shots here. There is blood spouter on the counterfeit birth of Venus. They find Marcia on the ground in
0: did you catch this where they found Marcia? The China room, which is the thing that rich people have, I guess.
1: You know anybody with a China room? No, I do not. Are these your people? Do they know? I mean, have you ever been inside a Jewish home with a China room? Is it for? because I'm was thinking china kosher isn't china kind of important
0: well my parents don't keep kosher
1: but would it be something that kosher families would they separate no china by room no, no. i tried i thought maybe for a second i was like
0: i don't i, I don't believe that that is the thing no
1: okay so it's just a fancy china room that's it yeah has nothing to do with anything else all right sorry everyone so it's a fancy china room but that's where she's found she also has two gunshot wounds and is pronounced dead immediately upon the police's arrival the police go a little bit further into the house they find donald in the hall in a hallway and he's been shot twice as well but he's actually not quite dead he's alive so he's rushed to the hospital and the forensic team immediately comes in and starts to comb the scene detectives also start to talk to mark who has a really bad, like, gash on his face and a depression to the back of his head like he was hit.
0: Yeah, I didn't like that because they're like, he has a superficial wound. And then Brenda's like, you see his face is like ripped in half, basically, and he has the depression in his head. That's not superficial.
1: I'm also surprised that they would not talk to him at the hospital. Right. But maybe they did and we're getting this out of order. We may be keeping him at the house for just continuity of the shooting.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: So they don't have to film at the hospital. But yeah, I would assume the ambulance.
0: Because the paramedic is like holding his hand talking to him. The
1: paramedics would insist he go to the hospital because I think that that's why he ran to the school. I think he was confused.
0: Yeah, he was probably concussed.
1: Yeah, and sort of ran to the thing he saw ahead of his eyes. So I don't know. Maybe he also thought he was a child. I don't I mean, you don't know (laughs) what he could have. Maybe he went to that school.
0: I thought the same thing, but I didn't say it.
1: (laughs) But also, I'm also wondering if he isn't friendly with the people at that school. Like maybe he knows the principal. And so he knew he would be there or she would be there.
0: It was a comfortable place for him to go right
1: and they went so but his cut is really bad on his face and the detectives can a little talk to him a little bit so he remembers what happened somewhat he remembers loading up his car and a delivery guy in a blue sedan shows up with a package but the delivery guy is not like a normal delivery guy he's not dressed in a uniform he's just like a guy the package and he says that he has to have Donald Levine's signature on it he's got to have the dad's signature Mark is really nice and trusting and walks this guy inside and the next thing he remembers he wakes up he doesn't remember getting hit he just wakes up and sees his deceased mom which is awful and so traumatic I can't even imagine Mm -hmm. so that's all we get for now that's what he remembers and then he gets up and runs out of the house so now we get this some footage of the forensic team that's inside the house going over everything we have our little beetle crawling out of a glass cup of sorts it looks like a glass cup right now we find out what it is later they delicately handled this like swarovski crystal blue butterfly necklace that marcia had been wearing they examine the broken butterfly display that had been shattered by a bullet fragment and they pick up a re- butterfly who'd been released from his little glass encasement with tweezers and they're like looking at it like somehow it's evidence i'm not sure there's also two giant framed blue butterflies which i've seen before which are very pretty they're like an iridescent blue i love those and they're on the mantle like it's all of these little clues and we're supposed to be like figuring out what it means as the bull as the beetle is now scurrying across this bloody delivery package they're all like clues to a giant great puzzle that is blood relatives but it is a puzzle that we will never solve. So Kimberly, are there any puzzles that I can actually solve in the probably short rest of my life?
0: Yes, I actually know about one. It is a murder mystery type game. Yes. it is called A Story to Die For by this company called ThinkFun. And this is just, I honestly can't wait to try it. I just got it today. They said like a date night perfect for a date night, perfect for like a small dinner party, perfect for game night, something like that, because you can play by yourself or with like four people.
1: Best friends?
0: Best friend night? Friend night. It could be friend night. What about best friend night? Sure. Oh. You got to come visit. I'll come visit you. This will fit in my suitcase. Come
1: visit me. We'll drive down to Nashville. Done.
0: Okay. Why are we going to Nashville?
1: Because we have two very good game partners that live in Nashville.
0: Oh, you're right. Okay, that'd be fun. Yeah. So if you want to try your hand at solving a murder, you got to try this Cold Case series by Think Fun. So this one, A Story to Die For, there's this reporter in England, because who doesn't love an England crime story? That's like Katie and my favorite thing in the whole world.
1: Oh, my gosh. Broadchurch.
0: In 1988. So it's the 80s.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: It's like the best things ever. Boy George. Comma, 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 comma. Boy George. Sure. It was not Boy George that was murdered. It was oh, okay, A re- investigative reporter. And it's a cold case. The police have never solved it. So now you get to try to solve it. And so the case comes with like everything. It comes with all these suspects And I have to say, I'm looking at the back and some of them look really shady. I feel like I could say right away which person it is. Just by facial hair.
1: You're judging a book by its cover.
0: There's some facial hair situation. And it comes with like newspaper clipping, notes from the police, photos, crime scene report, all that stuff. It's a puzzle solving crime fiction game. Ages 14 and up can investigate together. I am just so freaking excited. I think I'm actually going to solve this.
1: I cannot wait.
0: I feel like I can handle it.
1: And if you can't, we can do it together.
0: We can do it together. And then so what you do is you find out who you think did it. Then you submit your answer online to see if you're right. To like see if you got the killer right. It sounds like so much fun. If you're wrong, can you go back? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, good. Just maybe use a different web browser so they don't know it's you.
1: Just maybe do it under Oliver's name. I got it.
0: Yeah. Unlimited email tries. So you just make up
1: make up a thing for Ulysses. Yeah. She can have her own account. OK. Uh-huh. Ulysses made a bad guess. I didn't
0: <laughs> order this on Amazon. The website is tinyurl.com slash com podcast. We're going to put the link on our social media and on our show notes. Use the promo code 30 coldcase for 30 percent off. And they have like other cases coming out. The next one later this year is called A Pinch of Murder. I don't know what that's about. Cooking. cooking. I don't know. I'm really excited. This just sounds like so much. The butler did it. Fun. I'm just super pumped. So thank you so much. Think fun for Cold Case, A Story to Die For. Because I love this. I love it it's British.
1: Uh, that's the best part. Oh my goodness, I can't wait. This sounds like a blast.
0: I'm a little giddy. I love a murder mystery. Okay, thank you so much. We're so excited to try this. Thank you. You can keep going with the episode. I'm going to keep looking at my game.
1: I see you. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it's very exciting. Okay. Now the police go to examine the mysterious package that the hitman delivery guy delivered to the house, but we don't get to find out what's in it yet, which drove me nuts in this episode. It's fine. You guys have to wait, too, because we don't find out yet, even though they tell us that they're going to look at it. It
0: was kind of anticlimactic, though, when you got there.
1: Really upsets me.
0: Like, I thought there was going to be a dead animal in there.
1: I thought that the gun was in it.
0: Oh, yeah, that makes sense.
1: I was shocked. I thought there was a hole in the box and he had pulled the gun out and been like, see, that's like in the movies. I don't know what this guy was doing or gal. So Mark had told the police that there was some bad blood between his uncle Robert and his dad. So the police put out an APB on Robert. And right now we find out that sadly this is going to be a double homicide because... Donald doesn't make it through surgery. It's very sad. The police start going over to the neighbors and try to find out if anybody saw anything, and some of the neighbors had actually seen the gunman running out of the house. So a sketch artist is brought in. I love a sketch artist, especially one with a bunch of rings on. (laughs) Really like that look. You know, if you're gonna show your hands a lot in the episode, love it. She put rings on all four fingers like this. That is the coolest look. I love that look. I I consistently lose them, though, so I can't do it. But
0: I feel like that would impede your drawing. The pencil would kind of hit the rings a lot.
1: I think you're used to it. And they're like, I don't know. It was fancy. Anyways, the sketch artist, they find out that it is a tall, muscular man with a beard. And the sketch looks exactly like Adam Levine.
0: (laughs) Coincidence? (laughs) I don't think so. don't think so. And how much you want to bet Adam Levine has a butterfly tattooed somewhere on him? I would think a moth, maybe. Maybe a moth.
1: Yeah. Probably like a death's head moth.
0: Why are they still suspectful of the sun at this point when a bunch of the neighbors saw this gunman running away?
1: I don't know if they're really. I think the blood relatives likes to tell us that. I don't think they were really suspecting him. So, But they find Robert, so it doesn't matter. The police find Robert and sit down with him in the Levine Company boardroom. That has butterfly decals all over the wall? Question
0: mark. Yes, it did. And those looked more like from Claire's or something. I'm not. They weren't as elegant.
1: I'm not pleased. No real estate firm. Like, I could buy a lot of this. I can even <laughs> buy everyone wearing teal all the time. I can buy that. Yeah. What I cannot buy is the boardroom of a massive real estate conglomerate outside Chicago with, like, this swarm of flying butterfly-like stickers on the wall. <laughs> you just can't make that look classy.
0: No, it looks like a 12-year-old girl's room.
1: Okay, yeah,
0: but... It looks like it was from Limited Two, <laughs> from the Limited Two catalog. It did look like it was from Limited Too.
1: It, look, it looked like Ikea Children's. Ikea yeah. Kids, yeah. Yeah. I. key kids. So anyways, before anything, before even starting to talk to Robert, they notice that he is, in fact, a tall bearded man.
0: OK, this bothered me so much. It's obviously wasn't him because the son would recognize his uncle.
1: Oh, my God, you solved the case. I didn't even think of that.
0: Like they keep acting like it's probably the one of the brothers was actually the shooter and that they think it's Robert because he has a beard. His the son, unless the son was in on it with the uncle, the son would know that that delivery guy was his uncle. But if
1: the, okay, blood relatives doesn't say that, but that's obviously what they're thinking is they're kind of trying to figure out who all was in on it, not necessarily who the gunman is. They're trying to figure out who planned this murder. But good point.
0: I don't know. Why did they keep why did they keep pointing out that Robert looks like the sketch? It's obviously not Robert in the sketch. Oh my god. Right?
1: Oh, we can't talk about this. Yeah.
0: Am I wrong? am i missing something
1: yeah you're totally right but it's only for a few minutes it's only for a few minutes that we think this is robert because something happens right now okay so they're talking to robert he's doing his like really charismatic like charming guy thing he's really cooperative and he also seems pretty broken up about the murders he says he would never ever harm his brother so the police buy it kind of so they go to interview billy the youngest brother now and Billy seems to know nothing about the murders either. But during this interview with the police, he gets a phone call and motions a very important coworker to come into the Butterfly Boardroom. And guess who it is? Brucey Boy.
0: The janitor.
1: No, he's the handyman.
0: Handyman.
1: Brucey Boy, handyman boyfriend. He comes in, but he also happens to be a tall, bearded man who looks like Adam Levine. So he doesn't. He looks like Ethan Hawke.
0: That's, let's not say, yeah. I'm...
1: No, The sorry. Bruce the Handyman looks like Ethan Hawke on a hard day.
0: A raw, very hard day.
1: And the sketch looks straight up like,
0: This love has <laughs> taken its toll <laughs> on me. She's the nobody. It's, it looks exactly like him.
1: But they think that the sketch and brucey boy the handyman are spitting image of each other this is their gunman they've got him but he has no reason to kill donald or marcia so they're still like eh okay he looks a lot like this but maybe it's just a coincidence so now police go back and talk to mark who's back at the house he's a little out of sorts he's smoking cigarettes in the, <laughs> in the kitchen. So now we've got our second indoor smoking. Scene. We don't see smoking a lot and stuff anymore. And Mark's like puffing away. In... No,
0: it, that's it stands
1: out so much. I couldn't figure out what the smoke was in the room. I thought they had hot coffees or something. I was like, <laughs> what is the smoke in the room? And then you see him put the cigarette up. And I was like, okay, there. But he is in the kitchen smoking cigarettes, wearing a bulletproof vest. He's like super scared. So he's just... I, don't, I think he's a little out of it. Like, to me, I'm like, he's concussed.
0: I think he has an actual head injury, yeah. And
1: his family just died. Yeah. Like, his, he's an only child, and his, both his parents died in the split second the day he's graduating from Yale.
0: And he was attacked, too.
1: Yeah, this is kind of a mess. He's going to be a bit of a mess for a minute. He needs some better help. And so he needs some, like, very much better help like, yes, whatever the highest level is. Yeah. So <laughs> even though he is, however, going to inherit 25 million from his parents dying, eh, that's kind of a lot. They just don't have proof that Mark was the one who arranged this hit. They don't think he carried it out, but maybe he arranged it. And Mark puts out his cigarette into this little jar and almost nails the beetle on the head, because he like puts a cigarette out, and blah, 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 the little flat beetle comes out of the little glass thing that we saw earlier. I don't like that.
0: I thought it was just an ashtray.
1: That's a fancy ashtray. It might be.
0: Yeah, they're fancy people.
1: I'm used to an ashtray being like a Sprite can, so <laughs> that you know, it's fun.
0: A Monster Energy drink. Like an
1: old AMPM cup. <laughs> that's like that's what an ashtray is. Just anything that's encased in liquid. So anyways, the police now finally are going to do the thing that I want them to do so badly, which is open the stinking delivery package. We're at the forensics lab and apparently there is stuff, not a gun, in the package. I don't know what else is in the package. We only really find out about one thing, but it's very important. It's a map with a giant circled area. So dumb. Like this part, like this area circle that's right next to the Chicago airport. Why? Why did you put that in the box?
0: How is that helpful? Like it, it literally encompasses several square miles. Like you would have no idea where you were going. if There's nothing specific. There's no coordinates or an X or anything. It's a large circle.
1: I think it's pretty important. He, uh, No, but it's right where the rental car spot is.
0: Again, what is how does that help someone just go to the airport? Why is it the whole city is like circled?
1: Oh, I don't I didn't notice that it was a big thing. I just thought it was more stupid that why would you leave evidence in a box?
0: Yeah, it's really dumb.
1: It's really dumb. So the cops get the records from the rental car places that are in that area and they find a blue sedan. I'm assuming there were many blue sedans. I know. But one of them, here's the big hit. One of them, the rental company shows that it was prepaid from Phoenix, Arizona and signed by Mr. Phoenix Real Estate himself, Robert Levine. That's bad. So they question Robert and Robert says that it was actually rented from his company account and anybody could have signed for it. Does that just mean he lets people forge his name all the time? Maybe. Mm.
0: Or just a bunch of people are allowed to rent cars with that account.
1: And he just has a signature that goes on it? Okay.
0: Right, and he'll just, like, sign off on whatever.
1: Oh, he just signs it. Okay. Also, he has an alibi for the day of the murder. He was out with two clients at the time, and they are able to fully corroborate his alibi. He has witnesses that saw him at the time.
0: But again... We knew it wasn't him because his nephew would recognize
1: him. Yeah, I did not think of that. That was That's the smartest thing of all. It's actually what Kimberly said. So the police now have to go back to the rental, the car rental records. And it looks like the real estate company, the Levine company, signs out cars from the airport all the time, which makes total sense. They're a huge company. And Robert isn't the only one who signs for them. Turns out a blue sedan had also been rented by... <gasps> Bruce, the Adam Levine look-alike handyman. So in a lucky twist, cops have already got Bruce's fingerprints. He apparently had a previous marijuana arrest, and they decide to go ahead and run that against the fingerprints they found on the delivery package. Why they didn't do that already, we don't know. Yeah. As soon as he looked like the sketch, why wouldn't you just run the fingerprints, right? Like, why didn't he wear gloves? That was my next sentence. Surely the criminal wore gloves, though, right? (laughs) Nope. Of course not. He put a map in the box (laughs) and didn't wear gloves. He's really good. He's good at his job. I think he meant to take that box with him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think there was some, and we do kind of find out what happened.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
1: Because the fingerprints obviously are a match. And not just that, the cops also learned from interviewing employees at the firm that Billy and Bruce had had a relationship. So the cops know everything. We know that Bruce is our trigger man. Sorry, Bruce. You're going down for this.
0: Bruce, your goose is cooked.
1: Oh! So Bruce is arrested and refuses to talk to the cops. Because Bruce isn't talking to the cops in prison, they up the ante and say, if you don't tell us what we want to know, we're going for the death penalty. And so he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. I'll tell you what you need. Just please don't put me in the chair. I don't think the chair is the thing anymore either. That's fine. And so the criminal puppet master pulling the strings on everything turns out to be Bill Robert! Not Billy.
0: I don't buy this. I'm unhappy.
1: Oh, okay. Well, let me explain to our listeners what the crime, how it went down, and then you tell me why. Robert offered to pay Bruce a cool $1 million to kill them. That might be the highest we've had. 1000000 million. Mm-hmm. That seems correct.
0: I think that's for sure the highest we've had.
1: Based on his income and means, I feel like that's appropriate. So I'm still not happy about it, but okay. So Robert wanted to continue his part of the business in Arizona. And basically Donald and Marsha's deaths would ensure that he had the money and sustenance to do that. That is all they explain. Yeah, I was like, how? It makes no sense because Mark is going to get the money. But- Mark was also supposed to be killed.
0: So was Robert next in line in the inheritance? Yes. Or does it have to do with disbanding the Indiana branch so that his Phoenix branch could flourish?
1: No, it meant that Robert would be in control if that family was gone. It would move to the next heir.
0: It was just the family money. It had nothing to do with the business part of the Indiana branch or Chicago branch or whatever.
1: I think it might have meant that he would funnel more resources to the Arizona branch and beef that one up more and maybe let the Indiana one go down a little bit. That's what I think. Okay. So Bruce tells us what happened the day of the crime. He said that and he showed up as a delivery man, is ushered into the house. Once inside, he immediately hits Mark over the head with the gun, shoots Marsha while she's doing her painting, and runs to the other end of the house to find Bruce. But Mark isn't down for long. I think Mark thought he was out for a minute, but he wasn't. He pretty quick snaps to, sees his mom, gets up, runs out the open front door. While he's running out the door, Bruce goes to the back and is, shoots Donald, who for some reason has an actual live butterfly on his finger as he's being shot
0: i felt like it was like the wife had a paintbrush in her hand so that was her hobby like each body had to be like with their hobby with their beloved trophy whatever so he has a butterfly
1: i think it was resurrected that makes sense so bruce then after shooting donald returns to finish the job with mark who's already up and out the door so this was the mistake This was like why it didn't go as planned. I think he was supposed to shoot Mark, then shoot Marsha, then run to then find Bruce and shoot Bruce.
0: And then I apologize to Mark for making fun of him for going to the school because it actually saved his life because he literally did have a killer after him at that point. Like I assumed at the beginning the killer was already gone, but this was he was. Being hunted i
1: also don't know if bruce was that much of a killer
0: no i don't think he was
1: obviously not because he put a map in the delivery box why wouldn't you just put nothing in it and wear gloves like i just
0: katie his only charge was a marijuana charge that's all we know of that
1: there we go so robert is charged and found guilty and he's given life with no parole bruce because he cooperated is given 55 years interesting billy is not charged And didn't seem to know anything about the crime, which I have some questions.
0: I have questions, yeah.
1: Mark is also not charged.
0: That I agree with.
1: So before we get our closing remarks, I will go ahead and let you give your theory. But I would also like to state at this point that it's a very strange sort of series of images we get right now. Because it's Mark in the butterfly tunnel in like the sort of right conservatory tunnel Mm -hmm. holding up what appears to be a live butterfly with the tweezers or i don't know
0: maybe he's not continuing his dad's legacy he's going to free butterfly but the way he's sitting there kind of creepily is very like it's the shining (laughs) mark isn't Mark isn't here anymore, Mrs. (laughs) Torrance. It's not. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. His whole life has been shattered. And so he's just going to sit in the human butterfly net. But why do
1: they keep repeating that? They repeat it multiple times. Like the neighbor comes on and tells us, I just feel so bad. This just ruined his life and all this stuff. Is Mark in a bad way now? I kind of don't want to look it up. I'm so sorry, Mark. Mark.
0: I don't want to look it up. I hope he's I don't know. Maybe he didn't go to law school after this. I'm sad for him.
1: No, he did. He already graduated from law school. Maybe.
0: Oh, right. Maybe he didn't become.
1: Mark, I hope you went off on a boat somewhere. I hope you're doing good. I hope you're like Captain Dan, but like happier than Captain Dan. I hope you're (laughs) just I hope you're I hope you're good. I hope you found joy in life. I hope you found joy in things.
0: Who's Captain Dan? Lieutenant Dan?
1: Lieutenant Dan! Yes, Lieutenant (laughs) Dan. That's what I meant. Sorry. I was combining Captain Jack from Billy Joel and (laughs) Lieutenant Dan. Now it's a new person named Captain Jack. Who is not to be confused with Captain Jack Sparrow from the Pirates (laughs) of the Caribbean franchise. Do you think Billy was involved? I mean... You think Billy Boy had something to do with this? Brucie and Billy Boy?
0: I kind of... What is the actual evidence that Mark is the one... I'm not sorry. Robert is the one that paid the handyman and not Billy, the boyfriend. I mean, because Billy didn't seem that interested in the business, but maybe he was out low on funds or doing something. I don't know. On the side, they said they cleared him, but it seems more likely he would get his boyfriend to do this. And then now they're just thr- shifting the blame onto Robert. Did the, was there actual evidence that showed that it was Robert? Robert. Besides the rental car thing, which Billy probably had access to the rental car thing. Also, he did give him his like credit card or no, I guess it was just about the rental car. Hmm. I mean, Mark is I'm sorry, Robert, the brother Robert is the one with the motive because they were having the dispute and he was having money troubles. So I guess it makes sense. It just seems weird. So what but what's Billy's motive? I mean, money, like maybe he was under somehow. I don't know why. It seems like he was just getting a share of the money by not doing anything. They just let him go hunt and do whatever. And they paid him off the company payroll.
1: And maybe not very much. Maybe. Maybe he made like 50 grand a year instead of like 350 grand a year.
0: Maybe that's why he was so happy with the shirt, the nice red shirt.
1: Yeah, I think we're. Unfortunately, missing a lot of information here.
0: Why would Robert pick his brother's boyfriend, the handyman? Wouldn't that be a risk that the handyman might somehow tell Billy about the plan or something? That it was too intermingled? Why not find like a total stranger?
1: It's very odd that Billy would not know about it. Yeah. It seems like Billy would also want to be in on it so that he could like run away with or you know they would all have money together because but i don't know it they also didn't they didn't insure us they said that they had had a fling they didn't sometimes they said they had a fling billy and bruce sometimes it said they had a relationship so i think right if they weren't together
0: would both uncles be willing to kill their nephew who just became a lawyer and had done nothing wrong
1: See, I was really shocked that that was actually a mistake that I thought that Mark was not supposed to die, which lead led me to think that it was the uncle for sure, because the uncle would not want to kill his nephew, but he would have to.
0: Right. But he was supposed to die. Yeah. To get the money. If it was about the family inheritance and not what I said about the business, like shutting down one business. Maybe liquidating one business and then using that money for his own business. I don't know. It's the same business. But Bruce, it is the same business. But like his branch wasn't making a lot. So if he shut down one branch, he could save his branch in his town. It seems weak. And it seems weak. But Bruce said that the son was supposed to die, too, which is so cold hearted.
1: I have a lot of questions about this. I'm going to have to look some stuff up.
0: The, the son was just given a nice briefcase by Robert.
1: Well, that doesn't mean anything.
0: Well, he gave him this nice briefcase and then planned to have him killed shortly after.
1: Hmm. But I mean, that's he's not going to not kill him because he gave him a briefcase. That doesn't... Hmm.
0: No, I mean, it just showed that he had fondness for him. Or why bother give him a nice gift? Maybe because you feel guilty because you're about to have him killed. I don't know. Why give him a briefcase? You know he's not going to use it because you're going to kill him.
1: Hmm. I would really like to know exactly what happened here. Oh, by the way, our mug shots on this, it's startling that, okay, blood relatives got this a little wrong because actually Robert and Bruce do look similar. Like in this, the shape of their facial hair and everything. The two actors do not look, they're not like the same coloring. I'm sorry. I mean, these two men are brunette and seem to have the same kind of width to their bodies. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it made sense that, like, if the sketch
0: artist... The real Robert is not my boyfriend. He was not my boyfriend. That's for our Patreons.
1: He was not my boyfriend.
0: I do like the actor Robert, but the real Robert, not a fan. Yeah. From his mugshot. He looked a little bit like Placido Domingo.
1: Oh, 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 we didn't get any of this stuff. I'm just going to read one sentence to you. McKinney felt like he had no choice but to commit the murders because Robert Levine had threatened to kill McKinney's wife and two daughters if he didn't. Bruce was married.
0: Wait, who threatened to kill who?
1: Robert Levine. Robert, the brother who is in jail, who did it, who masterminded it. Heath threatened to kill Bruce McKinney. Bruce. Bruce's last name is McKinney. Threatened to kill Bruce's wife. And two daughters. He had a wife.
0: That he was cheating on with Billy.
1: Yes. Bruce was married.
0: It just, I don't get why Robert would threaten the handyman's, why would he think this marijuana handyman would be a good killer? Also, he's dating your brother.
1: I don't know. This says federal prosecutors.
0: It's more like he would blackmail him. I'll tell him that you're dating my brother, your wife, and she'll leave you.
1: He, d- he went one step beyond and said, I'll kill them all.
0: I know. It seemed
1: excessive. Why are you like? So the prosecutors who charged that Robert Levine wanted Donald Levine killed so he could gain control of his brother's $25 million fortune. This is from the Chicago Tribune. Through Levine's trial, prosecutors portrayed him as an asset rich, but money poor. I don't know. I don't know.
0: I'm disappointed in you, Robert. I still don't see how Billy's not involved.
1: Ooh, here we go, too. Donald Levine, the reason he had so much money. I missed this in the episode. Developer of shopping malls in the Chicago area. He's a commercial real estate. I remember they said that and I forgot it. So he's a commercial real estate agent. That's why he has so much money.
0: Gotcha. But Robert is residential.
1: Robert seems to be a residential real estate
0: because he was taking a picture of that pig house. If Look, if the house you're trying to sell has a pig statue hidden
1: in the yard, there were sacrifices that happened in that house and you need to get out of there.
0: Yeah. There's one line that you didn't get and I'm shocked you didn't get because it speaks to you.
1: I probably wrote it and just missed it in my notes. What one?
0: I don't know if it was about Donald, but it was about someone is experiencing a startling metamorphosis metamorphosis that's your book
1: kafka
0: it's kafka-esque
1: i should have sent you that shirt i bought you a shirt and oliver stole it
0: oh that's okay
1: i bought you like a kafka metamorphosis shirt
0: (laughs) i don't want that it sounds creepy
1: i know you don't want it but i want you to have it (laughs) did you read it yet you read it
0: no, I haven't. There is an audio version with Benedict Cumberbatch that I might listen to. But wait, why did they
1: You're not I wouldn't read it. It's sort of upsetting. But also, is that why there was a beetle? Metamorphosis works for the beetle cuz he turns into a beetle in metamorphosis, but it also works for the butterfly.
0: But also a caterpillar metamorphosizes into a butterfly. Into
1: the butterfly. So it works for both. So you guys, you be the judge in this. Beetle or butterfly? What are you today? Are you a beetle or are you (laughs) a butterfly? You be the judge. That's beautiful. This is how we end it from Brenda. The tragic events remind everyone that even on a day of celebration, life can deliver unimaginable nightmares. Sweet Lord, Brenda. So just be constantly vigilant. (laughs) This could be your last moment. Or your family's last moment.
0: You know how happy you are when your child graduated law school and was about to become a lawyer? That day will be the worst day of your life. Thanks, Brenda. Also, let's return to the title. Why is it called So Lonesome I Could Die? Who is lonesome?
1: I'm hoping they don't mean Mark because they say over and over again at the end about how hard this is going to be for Mark.
0: No, he's a catch. He could find a great gal and then he wouldn't be lonesome. Don't look him up. No, we're going. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye,
1: everyone. Thanks for joining us for another very confusing episode of Blood Relatives. I hope you enjoyed it. This is the extra long edition. (laughs) There were too many. It was too many play on words and just lots of questions.
0: Just remember, bring your own Bugatti. Oh. Isn't that from last week?
1: If you're going to say it, then say it right. What was it? Be Be your your own own Bugatti. Bugatti. But in this case, it's...
0: Be your own Beetle?
1: Beetle or butterfly? You decide. Which one are you today?
0: Choose your own adventure.
1: (laughs) Choose your own blood relatives creature.
0: Bye, everybody. Bye.
1: Also, have we had wind chimes before? I feel like you've tried to bring up, did the wind chimes mean anything? That's something that's going in my head. I feel like you have thought that wind chimes meant something before in a previous episode.
0: In a blood relatives? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. They do always seem to mean something in that they are your dead ancestors speaking to you. I think that's what they do. Unless you went and bought them at like Ace Hardware. And then they probably don't have a spirit attached to them yet. That's what I think of.
1: I think that's where 90% of people get their wind chimes is like at Ace Hardware or on Amazon.
0: Then it's only 10% that have spirits in them.
1: How do you get the ancestor ones? On Etsy? What are they called? No.
0: Maybe at a garage sale? Or an estate sale.
1: That's someone else's relatives that are talking to you. Uh Uh-huh. Okay.
0: Or they're passed down from your grandmother.
1: Can you write to us, anyone out there who's ever gotten wind chimes passed down to them? I'd like to know about this. I didn't... That might be a thing, but I don't know about it. I'm curious.
0: Maybe in the South.
1: Well, Robert's a smiler. Also, I would like you to find the Robert actor. I'm interested in him for you.
0: He is super handsome to me. And
1: seems kind of charismatic-y, right?
0: Yeah, I liked him. I was going to say something. I thought you'd make fun of me.
1: No, not at all.
0: I thought he was super cute.
1: I liked him. Do we know him? Is that a stupid question?
0: He looks, he does look very familiar.
1: Okay, we may know Robert. It's
0: possible we know him. Yeah.
1: All right. It's possible we went to school with Robert because he seems very familiar. But it's great because he's also kind of supposed to be likable. So we find this out right now.